Hello and welcome to the Transforming You podcast. My name is Tori. I am a personal trainer, nutrition coach, wife, cat mama, Jesus freak, and I am here to talk to you about all things overall wellness, whether it is exercise, food and nutrition, faith and spirituality, or mental health. I have got you covered, girl. Let's get going. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Transforming You. Um, This is the first episode up in about a month, so I'm working on some strategies to keep things more consistent. But um, for right now, this is something that can go to the back burner if something has to go to the back burner. And I don't enjoy saying that, but I also want to be honest about that because as much as I talk about, you know, all over wellness and uh, mental health and things like that, part of that is when you go through a season where things have to be prioritized, one of the things you can do is see if there is something that can be slowed down or paused um, or sometimes it's stopped entirely. I have no plans of stopping this podcast. I've enjoyed it. Um, And I think that we're picking up on interest, which is excellent to see. It's so, you know, I don't like to pause it when I do see that more people are listening to it than I have personally told about it. Um, I also just um, need to take care of myself the way that I encourage you to take care of yourselves, the way that I encourage my clients to take care of themselves. So I guess I'll just do a quick little like shameless plug for my Instagram right now. Um, If you, I mean, I can't. Honestly, I'm at a point I cannot imagine you like missing this podcast, (laughs) but um, if you ever are, um, there's nothing new up. There's always new stuff on my Instagram. So um, if you go to Coach Tori Lane, I'm always putting health stuff out there. So um, that will be a place where content will be more consistent at times where um, the podcast may not be. So I think that's all I had to say about that. So let's dive into this week's topic, which is weight loss and weight maintenance um, and is calories in, calories out the whole story. Um, I will just give a quick little warning up top that if you've had any problems in the past with disordered eating or um, with hearing food talked about in numbers, if that kind of triggers thoughts toward disordered eating habits, um, this is probably not a great episode for you. So if you feel like that's something that um, you need to protect your mental health from, no hard feelings at all for skipping this episode. Um, You got to protect your peace there. I just like to put a little heads up when I talk about things like this, because I know that for folks who have struggled with eating disorders or body dysmorphia, sometimes this kind of content, um, it it can kind of bring up those unhealthy thoughts. Um, And I know that folks in those situations do consume this kind of content sometimes. So the same reason I tread lightly when it comes to tracking if I have a client that has a history of disordered eating, I don't necessarily break all this down for them and have them track. And if I do, we talk about how they're feeling about it. Learning about the caloric needs of your body and the caloric supply of food can be really helpful in understanding fat loss, muscle gain, weight maintenance, all of the above, but it can also snowball in a direction that we don't want to go. And so that's just something to keep an eye on, even if you haven't had those problems before. Lots of eating disorders actually start out with simple dieting. So it's not something that you can um, you can do and just neglect your mental health. So now that we've had that little preamble, let's really get into the episode. When it comes to weight loss, everyone has a theory um, or an anecdote about what has worked for them or someone that they know or something they saw on TV or whatever it is. Everyone has an opinion. That's why we have so many different kinds of diets. So let's just go back to the basics of how weight gain and loss actually works. And hopefully that will help you understand. So to answer the question in today's episode title, 
Is weight loss as simple as calories in, calories out? The answer, I'm sorry, is yes and no. (laughs) Um, Stay with me. So yes, it is that simple in the sense that if you burn more calories than you eat, you will lose weight. And if you eat more calories than you burn, you will gain weight. But the math for that is not always as simple as we want it to be. To make that make a little bit more sense, let's first talk about what calories actually are because I think this gets overlooked a lot. Calories are a unit of energy. Your body uses energy all the time no matter what you're doing. Your body uses energy so burns calories just to keep your heart beating, your lungs inflating, your brain thinking. All of that stuff has to happen for you to be alive and it burns calories. The number of calories you burn in a day of no other activity, not doing anything, just staying alive is called your basal metabolic rate or BMR sometimes also referred to as your metabolism. Your BMR will vary depending on your age, sex, height, and weight. And this is important. This is where the majority of your calorie burn comes from. The majority of your calorie burn comes from your your basal metabolic rate. So then there are the calories that we burn through non-exercise physical activity. These are all of the things that we do in a day, like walking around your house or office, driving, talking, fidgeting. All your movement that isn't exercise is called your NEAT or non-exercise activity thermogenesis. You will burn some calories here for sure, but it's not going to be as much as your BMR. You also burn calories eating. This is called the thermic effect of food, and it really just means that digestion spends energy or burns calories. Some food burns more calories than others to digest. For example, protein burns the most calories to digest compared to carbohydrates and fat, but that isn't taken into account on nutrition labels because the number of calories we burn digesting food and the number of calories we absorb is actually more individualized than you might think. So I'll talk more about that in a bit. And then finally, we have the calories that we burn exercising. I think there are some misconceptions about the impact this has on your total daily calorie expenditure because how often do you hear people say to move less and eat more if you want to lose weight? The thing is, your workout is probably not going to account for more than a quarter of your total daily calorie burn unless you're doing something like running several miles a day or maybe you're getting ready for a bodybuilding competition. But otherwise, the average person is not going to get like half their calorie burned from exercise in a day. And that is how it should be. That's not a problem. That is how you are designed to be. So to recap um, where we're at so far. Calories are a unit of energy your body needs to keep you alive and perform all the functions you need to in a day. Calories come into your body through food and are burned constantly through your BMR, which you can think of as your metabolism, through physical activity that is not exercise, through digestion, and through exercise. The majority of your calorie burn is from your BMR or metabolism. Weight is lost when you burn more calories than you eat, and weight is gained when you eat more calories than you burn. For the purposes of weight loss, it helps to understand that a pound of body fat equals 3,500 calories. So if you want to lose a pound a week, you need a deficit of 500 calories a day. So you would need to burn 500 more calories a day than you eat if you want to lose a pound a week. Now we have formulas that can estimate your calorie burn pretty well, and smartwatches do a pretty good job of calculating your daily calorie burn, but nothing is 100%. So definitely use those tools that are available, but if you eat based off of those numbers and you don't get the results that you're expecting, there can be several reasons for that. The first is that you're tracking less than you're eating. If you track a serving of peanut butter, for example, and end up using two, that's close to 200 calories that weren't accounted for in your food log. The easiest way to fix that is to use a food scale. It's tedious to weigh and measure all your food, I know, but it's the only way to be sure that your logs are accurate. 
if you do it for a while, you'll learn what a serving of something looks like and then you won't have to measure forever. Actually, I don't want you doing any of this forever. I don't want you measuring forever. I don't want you keeping a food log forever. I want you to do it long enough to learn from it so that you can eat intuitively in the long term. So that's one reason the calorie counting might not be working for you is inaccurate counting. So other than not just not tracking accurately, um, stress and sleep are two big factors that can impact weight more than you think. For one thing, when you're stressed, it might be harder to avoid emotional eating. Mindless snacking, especially when you're not even hungry, won't be helpful when it comes to weight management or just having a healthy relationship with food. One potential reason for stress eating is that the hormone cortisol prompts our bodies to burn fat and carbs, which causes us to crave fat and carbs when we're stressed. At the same time, as it triggers those cravings, cortisol also slows our metabolism. We've talked about this before, but that cortisol is responsible for triggering the fight, flight, or freeze response, and part of that is slowing down some body functions so that we can focus on managing the stressful situation. So this is just another reason that we really need to learn to manage our stress. Find some easy stress-reducing practices that you can do every day. Self-care Sunday is not enough. You need to be able to relax and de-stress every day. The amount of sleep you get might also be affecting your weight. When we don't get enough sleep, the hormones that control hunger and fullness, and those are called ghrelin and leptin respectively, can be thrown off their normal balance, causing us to eat when we normally wouldn't be hungry or delaying fullness cues, which could prompt overeating. And then in terms of metabolism, going too long without getting enough sleep can actually slow your metabolism as well. So it can actually downregulate your BMR and cause you to burn less calories at rest. So another reason might be gut health. Different kinds of bacteria um, either make it easier to absorb nutrients, which means that you would um, in turn absorb more calories, and other kinds of bacteria absorb more of those nutrients themselves, which means you would not absorb them. So this is all a really new science, and there's not really a good way for you to know exactly what kind of gut bacteria is making up your own microbiome, but is essentially what I'm finding on this is that an anti-inflammatory diet would be a great place to start. So if you haven't listened to episode 14 yet, where I kind of give an overview of what an anti-inflammatory diet can look like, I would recommend going back and checking that out if you feel like you might want to uh, just a simple place to start addressing gut health. One thing we do know that I didn't cover in that episode or in the gut health episode is that calorie restriction can lead to lower diversity of gut bacteria, which we don't want. So if you're on a low calorie diet, like 12 to 1400 calories a day, you'll want to work on gradually increasing that. I'll do an episode about reverse dieting sometime that will go into that in more detail. But for now, just know that eating that little isn't going to help you long term. If you want to chat about that, feel free to DM me. I love telling people that they can eat more than they think. Another gut related factor that has been shown to increase the number of calories you absorb from your food is actually overeating. Your stomach and small intestine are adaptable in the sense that they will shrink and grow depending on how much we typically eat. So a person that overeats regularly will have a larger stomach and small intestine. Those organs are used to absorb the nutrients from the food that you eat. So when those organs grow, the surface area that absorbs nutrients grows over time. And because there's more tissue working on absorbing your food, that's more calories absorbed than you might normally absorb from eating the same foods. Over time, as overeating improves, over time, as overeating improves, the stomach and small intestines will shrink again and those excess calories won't be absorbed the same way. And it might happen quicker than you think. Over the span of just three to five days, the entire lining of our gut is replaced. 
So it's very responsive to change. That doesn't mean to expect drastic change in days, but I imagine you'll start to feel a difference in how much you're eating and how much you'll need to eat and probably how you feel afterward. And that should happen pretty quickly. The last thing we need to consider today is eating processed foods versus whole foods. Now, I think most people understand processed food to be fast food or things that are like boxed or canned or like frozen meals and that kind of stuff. I think it's good to understand that most food is processed. The true definition of processed includes cooking and freezing food. So technically, if you buy frozen fruit or vegetables, those are processed. When you cook anything, you're processing it. Milk is processed because it's been pasteurized. Applesauce, even the organic, no sugar added kind is a processed food. The list goes on and on. I want you to understand that the word processed does not automatically equal unhealthy or mean that a lot of chemicals or preservatives have been added. Processing is actually what makes food safe to eat. So don't think that you need to cut out all processed foods because if you did, you wouldn't have a lot left to eat. (laughs) It would basically just be raw fruits and vegetables. We need to be discerning about how many artificial preservatives and sweeteners and things like that that we're taking in just for general health. And then when it comes to weight management, processed foods versus whole foods come in, a, come in in a couple different ways. For one thing, if the processed food that you're eating is mostly fast food, frozen or boxed, like that kind of thing, that's going to be more. And when I say frozen, I'm talking about like a pre-prepared frozen meal, not like frozen fruits and vegetables. If that is the majority of the processed food that you're eating, that's going to be more calorie dense, meaning one of those meals will typically have more calories than if you had something similar that you made from scratch. But even if you're eating in a calorie deficit, if most of your food is highly processed like that, you may still have a harder time managing your weight because pretty much any processing of food makes it easier to digest. And that's not a bad thing, but it lowers the thermic effect of food that we talked about earlier. So for example, raw carrots versus steamed carrots have the same number of calories, but your body has to work just a little harder to digest raw carrots than it does to digest steamed because the process of cooking actually begins breaking the food down for digestion. That doesn't mean at all that it's bad to cook your food. You should cook your food. Um, A lot of, I mean, raw vegetables are fine, but you should cook a lot of your food. It just means that if you're tracking meals and you know you're eating in a deficit, but you're not seeing the weight loss that you want to see, one option would be to try less processed versions of some of your foods. So you could try swapping out applesauce for apples or a protein shake for scrambled eggs or chicken breast or something like that, or swapping out your white wonder bread for a sprouted grain might make a difference. Just taking it down a pig in processing. So before we wrap up, I want to note that I didn't address medical reasons that might interfere with weight loss because frankly, I am not qualified to speak on that except to say that if you don't feel like any of these things that I have mentioned in the episode apply to you, um, like you're weighing and measuring your food to be sure that you're eating in a calorie deficit, you're getting enough sleep, you're managing your stress, you're eating a variety of gut healthy foods, and you're incorporating more whole foods, but you're still not losing weight, talk to a doctor. You could have an underlying hormone issue that could complicate more than just weight loss in your health. So if you're trying to lose weight and not seeing results, it's never a bad idea to just check with your doctor and see if if you would benefit from getting any testing done. Last thing I want to be clear about before we wrap up is none of this means that calories in, calories out doesn't work. It just means it isn't 100% perfect and you might need to experiment a little bit to see what foods make you feel your best what calorie counts your body might really need, and what kinds of foods your body responds best to. 
we are all an N of one. We're all our own little experiments in some ways. So never feel like you have to do something exactly the way anyone else does it. That's why I'm not the biggest fan of those what I eat in a day videos on social media. What I eat in a day is not really relevant to your food choices in a day. So don't be afraid to play around with it and just see what works best for you. That is all for today. Thank you so much for joining me and I will hopefully be talking to you next week. Thank you so much for joining me on Transforming You today. I cannot wait to talk to you again next week. And I would love to hear from you at Transforming You Pod on Instagram or at Coach Tori Lane is my coaching account. I would just love to hear your input, your thoughts, episode topic suggestions. If you have any questions or if you are interested in a one-on-one coaching program, please never hesitate to reach out. I'll talk to you soon, girl.